many places. Because I was curious and wanted a few facts, there are no important people in this book. No interviews with heads of state or major figures on the international scene. These people didn't get where they are by being dumb enough to tell reporters the truth. And although I admit to most faults, I don't have the network anchor creature self-conceit that lets some people believe Mikhail Gorbachev will suddenly take them aside and say, uh, strictly between you and me, on Wednesday, we invade Finland. This book is written from the worm's viewpoint, and the things I've asked my fellow blind, spineless members of the phylum Anelida are things like, what's for dinner? And, please don't kill me. The stuff of mankind's real-life interviews. There are also no earnest messages in this book. Half the world's suffering is caused by earnest messages contained in grand theories bearing no relation to reality. Marxism and no-fault auto insurance, to name two. Earnestness is just stupidity sent to college. I'm not sure this book contains any serious content. No matter how serious the events I've witnessed, I've never noticed that being serious about them did anything to improve the fate of the people involved. Some writers, the young and the dim ones, think being near something important makes them important, so they should act and sound important, which will somehow make their audience important too. Then, as soon as everybody is filled with a sufficient sense of importance, something will be done. It's not the truth. Thirty years of acting and sounding important about the Holocaust did nothing to prevent Cambodia. Furthermore, there are no answers in this book. Even simple questions do not, with logical necessity, lead to them. I can sum up everything I've learned about trouble in a few words, and I will. Civilization is an enormous improvement on the lack thereof. No reasonable person who has had a look at the East Bloc, or an issue of the nation, can countenance the barbarities of the left. And every dorm bull session anarchist should spend an hour in Beirut. So-called Western civilization, as practiced in half of Europe, some of Asia, and a few parts of North America, is better than anything else available. Western civilization not only provides a bit of life, a pinch of liberty, and the occasional pursuance of a happiness— it's also the only thing that's ever tried to. Our civilization is the first in history to show even the slightest concern for average, undistinguished, none-too-commendable people like us. We are fools when we fail to defend civilization. The ancient Romans might as well have said, Oh, the Germanic tribes have valid nationalistic and cultural aspirations. Let's pull the legions off the Rhine, submit our differences to a multilateral peace conference chaired by the Pathan Empire, and start a Vandal Studies program at the Academy in Athens. To extend civilization, even with guns, isn't the worst thing in the world. War will exist as long as there is a food chain. No amount of mushy essaying on the Boston Globe editorial page and no number of noisy, ill-kempt women sitting in at Greenham Common will change this. Better that we study to conduct war as decently as possible and as little as necessary. The trouble in Lebanon, South Africa, Haiti, and the occupied territories of Palestine should, simply, be stopped by the military intervention of civilized nations. This won't stop trouble, of course. Trouble is fun. It will always be more fun to carry a gun around in the hills and sleep with ideology-addled college girls than to spend life behind a water buffalo or rotting in a slum. Finally, people are all exactly alike. There's no such thing as a race and barely such a thing as an ethnic group. If we were dogs, we'd be the same breed. 
George Bush and an Australian Aborigine have fewer differences than a Lhasa Apso and a Toy Fox Terrier. A Japanese raised in Riyadh would be an Arab. A Zulu raised in New Rochelle would be an orthodontist. I wish I could say I found this out by spending Arctic nights on ice floes with Inuit elders and by sitting with tribal medicine men over fires made of human bones in Madagascar. But actually, I found it out by sleeping around. People are all the same, though their circumstances differ terribly. Trouble doesn't come from slopes, kikes, niggers, spicks, or white capitalist pigs. It comes from the heart. The Innocents Abroad. Updated. On Saturday, June 8, 1867, the steamship Quaker City left New York Harbor. On board was a group of Americans making the world's first package tour. Also on board was Mark Twain, making the world's first fun of package tourism.